Welcome, everybody, tuning into September's edition of the Southwest Climate Podcast. As always, Dr. Crimmins. Hey, Zach. How's it going? How you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah, you got a twinkle in your eye. Final minutes of the monsoon. Final minutes of the monsoon. So all I know is that my favorite time of the year is, is nearing its, its end. And are I, you are you feeling a little... You seem I, like you're I, a little, you know, little bittersweet. I, it is bittersweet. Really? It is bittersweet. Well, I, I think it's more bitter than sweet. Wow. And what would be the sweet? I, what what part of the sweet? Yeah, what what would the sweet would be the dew point falling back to normal desert levels, and everything drying out, and that weird moldy smell in my house going away. <laughs> yeah, and the bitterness. What's the bitterness for you? The 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 beautiful thunderstorms and the, the epic shows on a nightly basis. And I, I do like that. I mean, we we are now in the period, the glory time for living in the Southwest when everybody else is descending into cold, you know, we're, we're living it up. So. Yeah. Don't you love the, I love the long shadows with the, you know, the storm still building in September and we're getting to this 12 hours of uh, daylight, 12 hours a night and you get the long shadows on the clouds. Perfect light. You're the photographer. So, I mean, I don't think there's better light anywhere that I've been than some of the evenings during the monsoon season. For sure. I mean, For the sure. sunsets are just yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I'd argue September too, um, they can get even a little better, mm-hmm. a little better. So we, we had a number of those. The, the most recent one was actually Labor Day weekend for me, at least the, and that was up until, and we'll talk about this, but up until a couple of days ago when, you know, we finally had some rain after a long protracted break, Labor Day weekend was sort of the last the last widespread monsoon activity. You took some epic photos that weekend too, didn't you? It was those were beautiful, beautiful evenings, Mike. Yeah. Um, Gosh, this is kind of yeah. We're reminiscing here. I can know, we call it's a little can, can melancholy? We call the, can we call the end of the monsoon? You are pushing so hard. You just want this to be over, and I'm not sure why. Do you think though that in ten days uh, the monsoon picture will change? What's what's on the horizon? Let's Anything's see. possible. Anything's possible. Be specific, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Eyes to the south. It could be, it could, nothing could happen in the next 10 days, but. Okay. So yes, we'll admit that the monsoon isn't over, but I think going through the numbers and the conversations, the narrative has largely been written. You know, maybe there's the final paragraph yet to be, yet to be penned. So what would be your sports column take on this monsoon season then? Well, that's. The game's not even over. You're starting to, you're starting to write up the, you're starting to write up the my, My sports metaphor is. If we're doing football, okay. you know, fourth quarter, four minutes to go, and my team's down by two touchdowns. Oh, this is the money. This is like the money you need that. you need something miraculous, yeah, to change the story. Right. Let's put it that way. Are we talking now your bet on the monsoon total with your team down, or are you just talking? No, I'm talking overall general. performance we'll, we'll, of the monsoon we'll, season. We'll, we'll, we'll do right. the numbers jump, later. Yeah, ahead. you're jumping. You're jumping ahead. I just think at this moment we've got. You know, ninety-five percent of the monsoon in the suitcase. Okay, and I don't know what where that. I like that. Going. I like the. Ins- <laughs> I like the in the suitcase. That's a new one. That's good. It's good. It's in the bag. Okay. It's not a bag anymore. It's, no, a, suitcase. it's a suitcase. Okay. That's good. And hopefully, it's a nice. All right. Suitcase. So let me let me just let me provide the the outline here so people know what they're in for in the next forty minutes. <laughs> they can tune out now. Yeah. So we'll we'll spend the first part here talking about the last month through what we usually do, which is recap what's gone on in the in the climate and the weather since the last time we 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 came at everybody. Then we'll do sort of a, a broad scale take on the monsoon that's that's in the suitcase, and we'll 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 leave the the clothes 
that are on the floor for uh, yeah, because they you won't know, fit in the suitcase, they right? Fit in yeah. the suitcase for October's discussion. Right um, you know, if we feel so inclined, we may like prelude what's to come, but we'll do the last thirty days first. We should get out of the forecasting stuff. Um, you don't want to talk about Enso. We're gonna do a full-on therapeutic session on Enso next month. That's right. So we'll, we'll there'll be crying. We'll prelude next next month's episode. There'll be there'll be all sorts of antics. Yeah, so. we'll talk about the state of the science of, of yes. Of that's Enso right. We're gonna do that yep. in uh, in October. So if that is of interest, uh, please tune into that. So last thirty days, Mike. The big picture in my mind is it was basically dry as soon as Labor Day weekend ended up until couple days ago. Right. For Arizona. There was a long protracted period from basically September 3rd to September, um, what, 19th, where the monsoon activity died out. Yeah. There's a couple of nuggets of interesting weather in there. Arizona, mid-August, and right after that, it did it did quiet down down here, but parts of uh, central and northern Arizona actually had a couple of epic days, including some flash flooding up around uh, Cortez Junction, Prescott, uh, Wickenburg. There was uh, a couple of really busy days across northern Arizona. And if I can uh, pull up one of my plots here, there was even a, a confirmed tornado um, near Flagstaff uh, in a, a small just southwest uh, called Casnino, Arizona. And there's a, a local storm report said time-lapse video shows a narrow tornado at approximately 30 degree angle to the ground persisting for several minutes. That must've been something to see. And I wish I could see that time-lapse video, but it was a, it was a busy period. And that was around when? It was about the 22nd, 23rd right. of, of August. So there was, there was some, definitely some activity uh, over that period, but it did slow down in Southern Arizona. It basically started slowing down, though, August 27th. I guess going back going back to all of the monsoon, I mean, once it came in in early July, it was basically present in some fashion for many parts of Arizona up until August 27th. Yeah, you had those kind of ebbs and flows. But if you, if you look at – just look at those sort of daily maps of precipitation from – just as you said, you know, right around after 4th of July, we're starting to pick up some of the activity and then really sets in uh, to motion in the early part of July. A, a one or two day brief slowdowns, but still some rain somewhere in the state. But you're right. It wasn't until August 27th that we actually had three days in a row where there was no recorded precip, at least in Arizona. Okay. So in my mind then, um, the, there was two major events in the last month. There was the the Labor Day weekend event. I mean, aside from what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Again, in, right. And I think those are sort of local. Um, not. I wouldn't call it a particularly busy period for Arizona in that um, part of August, but there were some heavy rain events in different parts of the state. A slowdown coming back in after Labor Day, and then another uh, major slowdown in Arizona. And New Mexico's got a, a pretty different flavor over that period of time as well. So in September, so far. Tucson has logged in about an inch, inch, uh, inch and a tenth of of rain. Their mm-hmm. average is one point two nine uh, inches over their historical record. So uh, close to average, and most of those came in that Labor Day weekend and the most recent event. I think we should talk a little bit about yeah um, what just happened um, 
September, what was it, 19th and 20th? Yep. And Mike, what was the, what was the flavor of the, of, of the most recent rainfall? Uh, well, I think we had talked a little bit about some prep, and I'm going to steal your thunder. Bookends. We just say it like that. Bookends. It, it was a very similar event to the one that we had on June 15th that kicked off the monsoon season, sort of June 15th over to 16th, with uh, an approaching trough off the coast of the western U.S., uh, drawing in um, some real deep tropical moisture to the south and uh, sparking some pretty widespread heavy rain across southeast Arizona that reached all the way up into central and uh, clipped a little bit of the corner of, of northeast Arizona in, and also moved into New Mexico and produced a really nice rain event, two-day rain event for New Mexico as well. Yeah, so it was a, it was a pretty impactful event, widespread. Tucson got the Tucson airport, three quarters of an inch. Although they're across the metro area, there's a pretty wide variety of yeah. of, of, of amounts. Wilcox, 1.5 inches. That's good. Uh, El Paso, all the way over to New Mexico, close to nine-tenths of an inch. Phoenix only got about two-tenths of an inch. Yeah, it really had a hard edge to it, to the northeast. We had some, um, within the rain log network uh, here in Arizona, we had a cluster of three to three-and-a-half inch in Green Valley, just south of here, higher than that, um, a little bit, almost 3.75. Uh, so there was some really impressive September rains uh, with that particular event. Why did we have that lo- that large break in September? Well, we really moved into a transition pattern. And if uh, you look at the upper level wind patterns over this particular time, there's some note of this in some of the forecast discussions in mid-August and in uh, watching them unfold for the, the last couple of weeks. But we haven't been in uh, sort of deep easterly flow for any prolonged period of time since uh, the early part of August. So we've been in this kind of transition pattern since the last time we had the podcast. It was only this last event uh, over the last couple of days earlier this week where we had the the high sort of build off to the northeast. We did get into a really brief period of easterly flow. Uh, it sent across uh, some storm activity across northern Mexico. It actually triggered a surge of moisture uh, we actually had a tropical depression form right in the Gulf of California, uh, right as the event was going on, helping to influence some more moisture or, or import some more moisture to the north. Interacting with that trough, this last event really was sort of a transition event. So outside of that event, that dry period prior to that, we were, we've been in this really kind of nice fall pattern where we've had uh, wind flows out of, the, out of the west at upper levels, which is kind of that. But you said that that sort of started in, in, in mid August. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been kind of continuing. And yet, yet it was still persistent that the moisture presence of moisture was still persistent and the widespread monsoon activity was still sort of persistent until for much of August. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Normally when I think of sort of a fall transition period, I, I, I think that the, the breaks between monsoon activity and and no monsoon activity are are, are quite pronounced. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't have that too much earlier in the season. Once we kind of hit the gas, we did it pretty good and pretty solid. There's a lot of little you know different flavors of the monsoon from that. You know, we can go all the way back to June 15th, right? And I think we're kind of mixing the whole 
monsoon recap as the game is still being played here. But you know that June fifteenth and the sixteenth event uh, interaction of a, a kind of a late season springtime trough coming in off the west coast, tropical storm Bud, those sort of colliding, triggering widespread precipitation across southeast Arizona. Tucson definitely got nailed with that. It was a real good solid bit of precip that's absolutely critical to my bet winning for this particular monsoon season. So it's, it goes How many times are you going to say that? I'm going to say it as many times as I need to. I'll even take an asterisk right, on this win we'll, if we have to do that. So we start there. And then we then, it breaks down. We have a nice dry period for several weeks, waiting for monsoon moisture to come in, start to finally get that ridge build north of us. We're under super uh, hot temperatures, sort of late June, early July. Finally builds north. We finally, finally get some Gulf surges in place after July 4th. This is like uh, 5th, 6th, and 7th. And then we're off to the races, right? And then we've been in the soup all the way up until basically September after the Labor Day event where we actually start to see some a little bit of dips in the in the dew point temps, at least here in Tucson, and start to see a dry out. But it didn't even dry out that, that much because it wasn't a real strong westerly flow that was really scouring out and bringing in that dry air from the west. It was just kind of a weak transition pattern, left some room for stuff to build back in, and that happened So when you say build way. back in, what do you mean? Starting to be able to have the tropical moisture close enough on your doorstep that you can draw it back in and build it in in a way that would actually be meaningful to produce some precipitation. Right, and so that happens as if the ridge sort of moves north yeah. and it sort of ca- can allow for that moisture to, to, to seep in from, from the south. Right. But it can also happen if you have, let's say, a big convection complex in, in Sonora that, that, that flares up yep. and sort of drives outflows up into our region. Or if you have a passing disturbance at the, at the foot of the Gulf of California that can sort of push uh, moist air up up the Gulf of California. So there's a couple different mechanisms at, at play there. Is- yeah. So, you know, you, th- you think about it in in terms of, you know, the fancy term moisture advection, right? So the actual advecting or moving of that moist air into the region, sort of in the middle of the monsoon season, since the the jet stream's far to the north and we don't, we don't have many sort of gradients in pressure and wind, you end up having to rely on these uh, thunderstorm complexes or these advective processes that are kind of outflow driven from these clusters of thunderstorms. We're now in, in the transition season, you start to now see sort of high and low pressure systems set up and you have a little bit stronger advection because of these pressure differentials. And that's a, a little bit of both happened, mm. I think, in the last couple of days. Again, the, the we're not talking about you know a, a late fall low pressure system moving across here. We just had a low setup uh, trough off to the west coast and the subtropical high had gotten shoved off to the east exactly the way the map looked in uh, june mm-hmm. but we also had easterly flow because the ridge was to the north and we had thunderstorms firing off across so we did have those kind of outflows that you described move some of that moisture in and then we had some you know pretty solid ed- moisture advection from uh, pressure gradients and the a gulf surge and an approaching tropical depression. I mean, it's, so it was a lot of really good ways of moving moisture I mean, up in here really quickly. It's kind of a classic case of all the complexity of yeah, the monsoon. Yeah, we had and, every moving widget part 
thing that you could, you know, it's like all the ingredients that you wouldn't want to throw together in a, like some kind of uh, dish. You just threw them all in. Like well, every kind of spice you want, let's go for it. What was also interesting about the, that last event was, I mean, you woke up and there, there was clouds. Yeah. Yeah. And so there yeah. was no sun. Yeah. And. Oh, it was like, uh, is this going to happen or not? Yeah. Because. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think at that point I, I knew that it, we didn't necessarily need heating of the surface to. Yeah cause that uplift that there was something else going on. Right. But I think that's important. Like it just is another example of how you can generate uh, monsoon precipitation through, through various mechanisms. You know, it's, I've been here long enough and we've done enough of this, like on the knife edge of watching the weather develop in the day. And we were, we were all chatting each other all day about looking at the model runs and waiting for the next model run to come. And the, it was an amazing, if, you know, we look at these maps of how it was dry it looked like the monsoon had was done, right? And for all intents and purposes, it, it probably was done unless we had this Gulf surge and tropical depression and all the activity in the East Pacific. So for like 14 days prior, I mean, you look at the maps and there's no yeah. moisture anywhere. Yeah, there's yeah. no, not, mo not moisture, but there's no precipitation yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And I think we all got asked questions like, is the monsoon over? Is the monsoon over? And you're like, well, very easily it could have been it. We I think I said we, it was. We could have sailed. I think you did call it. And <laughs> I had a couple of people ask me, I was like, well, for all intents and purposes, if you look at the stats for, for Tucson, the average last day of recordable or measurable precip in the long-term record is about June 15th, 16th, 17th. We're just kind of crossing that threshold. And so just on that climatology, totally plenty of years where it just doesn't rain anymore. But Did you say June 15th? Sorry, September. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're all, you know, whatever, you know, same months. June, September. Yeah. Bookend, man. It's all about bookends. Uh, it's that we could have sailed out of the season, but in, in a year where the tropics were quiet and that month, if that monsoon boundary too, were that meaning that that hard edge of the moisture is really retreating south quickly and you don't have a way of quickly moving it back up into the region, then you can easily get out of the season, then we're, we're kind of done. But the, tr the specific has been busy this year. There have been clusters of thunderstorms kind of wandering around. And then that transition season, when we start to be able to, you know, turn that flow uh, out of the south up into Arizona through these um, pressure differentials, then, you know, you got something to work with. So you're right. The East Pacific has been extremely busy. And I mm -hmm. think we've had 16 name storms in the East Pacific. Obviously, not all of those influence us here but right. okay so the east pacific has been active but one thing that at least in my reading i hadn't seen a lot of talk about is the the surges was i just missing the the commentary on the surges or did we have fewer um surges coming up the gulf i, I think what's interesting and again this is a, a a bit anecdotal without having any information in front of me but we didn't have these really distinct sort of like big surge, retreat, dry down, waiting for the next big surge. We had this sort of slow leak of moisture up into uh, Arizona in particular. And you can look at the, the dew point plot at the airport here in Arizona. And so just as we described it earlier, right, which was about July 1st, the daily average dew points in Tucson were about just a little over 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Do you remember the last 25 degree Fahrenheit dew point day? Well, it was July 1st. That level of dew point depression or, or that low relative humidity 
I'm craving that right now, man. <laughs> I, I really am. I want I want to feel that yeah, I'm kinda, that aridity again. Yeah. Like this is the whiner yeah, part I of having a good monsoon. But yeah. since that day, but I think the good the good yeah the vigorous monsoon is, oh, no, is in great. our rear view mirror, and I, so I'm I'm anticipating I think drier conditions. I think you're totally now. right, right. Yeah. And so just you can do this for any of the dew point traces in Arizona and you can take a look at New Mexico. But this this one to Arizona is off to the races. And so by July 8th, the daily average dew point was above 65. And then it was solid above 65. There's a quick break in July, back down below 50. I'm sure we, we would have noticed that dry down. But then it gets back up. And we had many more days, maybe two-thirds of the days since July that were above average daily dew points in Tucson. And the, the biggest crater we had, which uh, was in that dry period in uh, mid-September where we got back down to about 40 as a daily average dew point. Right. And at that time, though, like the monsoon, the dew point is yeah. sort of waning. And yeah, it, 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 it didn't stand it, out, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of more expected. I mean, prior to that, I, maybe you just said this, but we, we had very few days where the dew point was below no. low average. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that event on the 19th, just looking at this plot, the daily average dew point got above 65. That was almost the most humid day of the entire monsoon, which again is that convergence of all that tropical moisture and that real strong advantage. So to me, when I, when I think about what the defining characteristics of, you know, the 2018 monsoon is, you know, I, I think of two things, one, both of which you've already mentioned that, you know, it came on with a grand entrance and mm -hmm. it sort of left. If we think that the the 19th and 20th was the, the final gasp of the monsoon. Yeah. It left in a grand way as well. Totally. Bookends, as, as you were saying. Yeah. And the other thing is, is this just persistence. Once it started, the persistence of uh, moisture around. Yeah. And in a way, in a way to me, so if you look at um, Tucson, uh, emblematic here, the, 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 the total precipitation so far uh, is I think 115% of average. I, let me let me double check that. But that that's seven inches, and it normally gets a little bit over a little bit over six. Yep. So that's pretty pretty good. But I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me on this, Mike. But given the persistence of the moisture, I kind of feel like we could have gotten more out of this. Such a glass half and, full and or half empty or what? What's the pessimism? And half empty. If you take away, and and we quibbled about this last podcast but if you take away the 15th june 15th uh -huh. i mean we're we're just we're sort of hovering around average and if we're hovering around average and yet we've had dew points persistently high persistently above average maybe not as high as they reached last year yeah during that really epic july period but they've been high um to me i feel like we could have squeezed more out of the monsoon i don't know what's what's your take on that yeah the like monsoon efficiency index right <laughs> just, like capitalizing right, like, on like mist precipitable water or something like that. That's good. Yeah, that is good. If you total up the precipitable water for every day and then compare it. What's the maximum potential? Totally meaningless from a, a, a physical standpoint, but would be really cool. We should totally do that. No, but what's your take on... Um, See, it's it's interesting. And it, it this is, I think I said this the last podcast, but to me, this is this monsoon was... Super showy, had a lot of flair, solid performance, but yeah, didn't like 
knock it out of the park as far as like total precip. But um, could we have knocked that out of the park? Probably not. You know, I think it's like as efficient as a monsoon is going to get as far as um, with this. It's not like we ended up having um, a lot of days where it was super humid and we end up having, we didn't have a lot of days where it was the too wet for rain situation where you just like get all of that low level uh, moisture in here. And then you just like, the sun comes up and fires off clouds and then just shades it out and it doesn't rain anywhere. It was, you know, really good. I think atmosphere for firing off mountain storms. They just always, they wouldn't always happen in the same spot. It's, and again, I think it's, I think this is because we live in Tucson there is a definite sort of donut hole in um, precipitation amounts in the central part of Tucson where everybody lives, but there's really good precip amounts all over the place and around the region. And then you go to other parts of the state, real solid performance. There have been some losers, especially in Arizona. Um, northeast part of, of Arizona in Hopi and Navajo have had, they just didn't show up. I mean, they got, they got a little bit of rain in August and they did get some rain out of this most recent uh, event, but not much. And so they, the monsoon was basically a no-show. And then far western Arizona did not see a, a ton of storms rolling out or big events rolling up the Gulf of California, so it had been dry there. And then I think New Mexico had kind of midland um, performance throughout the whole season, dried down. You can see, it, I think, a really mixed bag there so uh, me, as far me, as precipitation. Let me just put some numbers to that because that was yeah. a really good tour uh, around around Arizona. So Flagstaff, uh, including the most recent uh, rain from the last couple of days, Flagstaff, their average is at 8.3 inches. Uh, they're at 9.93, so that's 120% of average. Mm-hmm. Prescott, Prescott's been the big winner. Big when you time. look at yeah. like larger yeah. uh, cities, if yeah. you will, or towns. Prescott's average is eight and a half inches. They've received 12, 12.2 inches. Interestingly, they didn't get any from the last couple of days. Yep. But that's 144% of average. Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix just misses out. It just misses out on the monsoon. Yeah, always. but I think if you asked any Phoenician this year, they'd be like, this is the, this is the best monsoon ever. Right. So this actually, th- this number doesn't do Phoenix justice. And we spent a lot of time last episode talking about how much Phoenix, how much activity Phoenix has, has been getting. But yeah. their average is 2.71 inches. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was referring to. Right. They and, almost and, got it all. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they've gotten... 2.6 inches. So they're at, you know, 90, 95% of average. So they're, they're right at average. Right. Tucson, uh, I said this before, 6.1 on average, and we're at seven right now. So that's 115% of average. Wilcox, 3.5 is their average, and they've received 4.6, 4.65. So they're at 133% of average. And then we'll just, we'll do El Paso as well. And that average is 5.1 inches and, and they've received about five. So they're, they're at average. So, so yeah, it's been, there's been no duds and, and, and you mentioned a few. There's a couple of yeah. slow spots around the state that really could have used the, the precipitation given the, the last summers really, I mean, we can really contrast this to last summer, right? I mean, last summer was an abject failure as far as monsoon precipitation in a lot of parts of the state. It's harder to say that here. It it really was not, again. I think Northeast Arizona. I think is that was really problematic to not get more precip that they've seen, and maybe parts of far southwest. But that's a fairly dry location, anyways. But yeah, it, I mean, this is night and day compared to last last uh, summer's monsoon. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that because at least in Tucson, it was an epic. 
June was epic. We, we you know we got six inches in June alone. Or not June, July. Last July. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's your benchmark, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's like stuck in your psyche. It is so burned in my my mind. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Got to open your mind, man. Okay. Um, Embrace all right, the Mike. climate. So, before we zoom in on Tucson, I, I, you've alluded to this already. Is you know we had our outstanding bet, and I think it's it's um, I think we can do the tally. So coming in, I was a little bit pessimistic, and I said that Tucson at the airport would receive. Uh, five and three quarters inches. So that was slightly below average, right? And, you know, I was, uh, you couldn't call me gloom and doom. I couldn't. I could, but, though. I could, um, though. You, on the other hand, you were, you were fairly... I was feeling good, man. You were feeling good, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a yeah. Friday and, you know, you were thinking about, like, some good IPA or something I think like it that. probably was that, yeah. Seven and, seven and a half inches. Yep. So, as I said, Tucson Airport's at seven inches. So, Mike, once again... <sighs> You've you've officially you've officially won. Now there is one caveat. Okay. That we did we did put a stipulation that if you went over, you couldn't go over. Yeah. So if there is a um, rogue, not rogue, but if there is a uh, you can call it rogue tropical storm there, <laughs> remnant hurricane that wafts in here in the next you know week week or so that. I so want to. I so want to get this right. I want to. I want to. I want to nail seven point five. Like I want. <laughs> I want now. A tropical depression to just nick the airport. So beer's on me today. Oh, this is awesome. What are you going to get? IPA. <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed that. All right. Uh, so anything stand out more than we've talked about for you about the monsoon? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We've, I don't know what to say. We've, we've covered it all. <laughs> it, again, I think we've said it earlier. It had a little bit of everything. From beginning to end, I mean, it it really didn't. It, it didn't, didn't. It didn't, it didn't disappoint. Hide. It never. It never hid. This, exactly. This year until what, until September. I think we got frustrated kind of mid season where it was raining everywhere around town except at our houses. But you know, if you think about those monsoon um, seasons where it, you know, maybe it'll build in and then it dries out and there's not a cloud in sight in the middle of the summer. That's maddening. And that this year did not have that. It had something showy going on within, you know, eyesight, at least down here in Southern Arizona, almost every day, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. It did not um, disappoint in terms of interest. There was always something present to, to look at. And every time I looked at the radar, I think I said this last time, but every time I looked at the radar, there was some, there was something there's some severe storm somewhere yeah, in Arizona. We had these different mechanisms at play, like the, um, the big events in the early part of September where these really strong transition uh, type events where it was, you know, firing off like close to supercell type, you know, Midwestern thunderstorms given the sheer environment and the upper level winds um, interacting with the moisture. And, you know, that was when we were talking about just some epic rains across parts of Southeast Arizona. You and I and, and Ben were, were trading uh, chats on that where I, I noted that one of the uh, rain gauges in a very remote part of uh Southeast Arizona near Arvapa Canyon got three inches, and then this canyon uh, mm. flooded out. It went to 6,000 CFS, and we were concerned if there were hikers in there. And Ben found that there was a news report that they had to airlift some people out of there. So it was, and this was over Labor Day weekend when you'd expect to see hikers in that canyon because it's permitted. But there's, you know, that, and then 
the crazy epic rains um, north of Phoenix that flooded out some communities, the persistent haboobs and crazy storms that would roll off the mountains through parts of Phoenix. I'd gotten some emails from some uh, rain loggers south of Phoenix who didn't have any rain at all the whole summer. Like they just watched all the activity. Uh, heard from one of um, my ranching friends up in Tonto that, you know, once the monsoon set in, they just had great persistent rainfall and grew a bunch of grass up there. So not bad, man. Not bad. Again, so, I don't want to. And again, this is there's always going to be a loser during the monsoon season. Right. right. And so I think there were, you know, a couple pockets of that. Well, that raised a question when I was looking at the data. Um, has there ever been a monsoon where it's almost been completely categorically above average? Like everywhere? Everywhere. Wow. This is a good, like something we should have researched, right? <laughs> like there's probably an answer like to I that. Like I was thinking about the spatial imprint of, of the monsoon and, yeah. you know, what's been the best monsoon? Ever? From that perspective, I don't know. No, no, I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm not asking you for an answer. I'm just saying it you're would be, looking expectantly at me. Well, like, you know, um, what year was that, Crimmins? I don't know. Um, anyway, the other thing that we didn't talk about that I think is is interesting is just like honing in on on Tucson. There was quite a big var- uh, variance in in, in 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 precipitation within Tucson, and you mentioned this briefly that the center, the central Tucson, was the big loser. And it's, the donut hole is what, what you said. And it's not even that bad in the middle of Tucson. That's that's the thing. I think I think Tucsonans suffer from. We have to. There's some um, disorder here of like monsoon precipitation disorder. <laughs> well, okay. So if I'm looking at a map now that has a bunch of rain loggers, mm-hmm. thank you, rain loggers, yes. do a heroic job, uh, as well as uh, the Pima County Flood Control District yep. alert system. And so and there's- the Kokoraz observers and the- This one, this map doesn't, doesn't have that. Have yeah. yeah. But you know, you can get a fairly spatially dense representation of the monsoon from, from, yeah. from this network. Right. Um, you know, on the east side- of Tucson, uh, out by Saguaro National Park, Saguaro East. You know, there's values in between nine, nine and, and, and 12 inches. Yeah. And, and that's sort of, you know, you go inwards towards central Tucson and you see some values around, you know, three, four yeah. inches. And, and actually up north in uh, Oro Valley, uh, in that area, again, you see a little bit more precipitation up there. And then when you look at the when you look at these maps, that, yeah. you know, across time, you, you can actually see that there is, you know, the northern and eastern section, when there was bigger events, those were the areas that got the bigger events and, and sort of missed the central central Tucson. I have a confession. What's that? I got over eight inches this monsoon <laughs> season. It could have something to do with my uh, lack of empathy for <laughs> the three and four inch totals in the middle of town. Given that I've had twice as much rain at my house, this well, good for you, Mike. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that there, there, there is a quite a um, a large variance in in, in it's, precipitation it's very across my across whole, Tucson. My whole demeanor in this entire podcast would be different if I had gotten four inches this monsoon season versus eight inches. What's the average at your place? Six. <laughs> 
You just transpose the airport to your <laughs> Of course to your I house. do. Just drag that average all over town. <laughs> I, I don't know. We're working on that to actually. Try how many to that how many out. years um, do you have data for? Uh, I have about six years. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so where does this? Uh, it's uh, it's two inches above average. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a that's a long term record. I, I okay, fair enough. Um, that is absolutely true. Midtown Tucson, the monsoon was a spectator sport, and there's really only maybe three or four, five days where you can really say that that they got some head on widespread precipitation, and you have to include the the widespread event of. June fifteenth, and the last one, and the last one. Right. <laughs> those those are the ones that you know really I think fill everything in. Other than that, it's crazy it's though. Stuff. If you take those two away, and I don't yeah, know why, I know. It's I don't a bummer, know why if we would take those two away, but if you did, it's regulation time, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, okay. Before ending, I I, I did want to ask because we did quibble about June fifteenth as being whether whether or not we should count that as a monsoon, and I know you know you were sort of arguing that we should in part because of our outstanding bet. Um, but, um, and you, and you also mentioned in the beginning that they looked similar. Yeah. Um, um, but it also seems to me that there's no way that we would exclude, we would say that, you know, the September 19th, 20th event was not a monsoon event. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. So why, why can we quibble about the 15th and Um, not the 19th of September? Fifteenth. There, of there June. may be some very subtle differences. I think the fifteenth and sixteenth were a very. I don't think they were triggered by a Gulf surge. Like I don't think that moisture import was. It was much more advective given the approaching trough and drawing up tropical storm bud there. And it wasn't. There wasn't a prior sort of deep easterly flow. There wasn't any of this sort of outflow building of moisture to the north, kind of as you described earlier about the way to sort of build in. It was it you know it wasn't it wasn't monsoon pattern at that point. Mm. It had glimmers of hope of the monsoon approaching, yeah. but it was also very early. So I mean, it, again, it was the earliest I think um, quote unquote monsoon uh, event on on record. Really? Well, I mean, can it get earlier than June fifteenth? No, but it, it it rains on June fifteenth. I don't um, think... And it's kind of arbitrary. I mean, it's like with a, it would not have met the dew point definition. No, it would not have met we, the dew we, point. It would not have been in, um, that wouldn't have been in play for there. Uh, we, we dried back out. We didn't actually meet the d- uh, dew point definitions, I think, till the 8th of, of July. July. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in the, I'm having trouble arguing, Mike. I'm, I'm not giving up this win. Asterisk. I'm keeping it. I'll take the asterisk. You're the Lance Armstrong of climatologists. Totally don't care. This is doped <laughs> we'll up. call you Barry Bonds. Whatever, man. I'll take it. Yeah. If that's what it takes to win in the monsoon season, which is what it does take to win in the monsoon season, <laughs> because this is just a mess, man, right? Yeah. yeah. The 19th event, though, had this really kind of quick shift around that I think you could call kind of monsoony. <laughs> it wasn't pure, and it certainly wasn't like the middle of August or the middle of July, but it's what you'd expect to see in September. And what we saw in June is what you'd expect to see in June. It was very They were very seasonal. Hmm. What, and what we saw in July was what we'd expect to see in July? Absolutely. This wow, is why climatology works. This is why climatology works, Zach, because you have expectations okay. based on historical <laughs> patterns and distributions. Okay, so wrapping up here. What is the chances that in the next 10 days, is there anything on the horizon that we may look out for? 
Well, we still have this, you know, we're, we're in that transition pattern. The, the monsoon, the tropical ridge is, is slinking back south, as you'd expect to, as the sun angle is now much lower. We're starting to see the, the patterns sort of shift around. This is really, again, prime time if you have any activity in the East Pacific. And if it's timed just right, it could get drawn up in front of a, an approaching trough. Right, not unlike what we had on the on the nineteenth. So, so that's possible. One of the models picks it picks does. up a, yeah. a, a tropical storm. I don't know if it, it'll be a tropical storm, but it sure looks like it. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks pretty good. And, and again, but it this, doesn't recurve it back east. Well, one of the model runs did, and so mm-hmm. if you watch the GFS right now, the GFS is is spinning up storms, multiple storms right off the southern coast of Mexico, which is just still firing off and they're all moving up kind of in their climatological direction, which is off to the Northwest. So any one of those, if it's timed right, could, you know, move back in here, but you're going to see a lot of these phantom storms in that model sort of spin up. The next model run will be gone. The ensemble just kind of smooths it all out and averages it out because one member will have it and five don't. So it just sort of disappears. So it's really tough. It's kind of day by day over the next 10 days, but it's totally possible. Okay, so I think we've done the monsoon. Put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. Um, if I win, I'd call it, man. I think that's fine. Uh, no, I'm I'm ready to since since we're going to have yeah. Friday afternoon. Yeah, for beer, beer, I, I I will pay up. You, uh, I don't know. I don't think I I don't think I beat you yet. <laughs> so I I'm, I think we should use that time to think about what the next wager is and and uh, get creative about it. Okay, so why don't we just prelude, leave our audience with a, a taste of, of October's podcast. Like we said in the beginning, um, this is the time where we start thinking about El Nino and La Nina's effect on uh, our winter precipitation. Uh, there is some hints that uh, we're moving into a El Nino, a weak El Nino. Yeah. Looks a lot like it, it did four years ago. There's also some really interesting science out, really cool science paper out that sort of summarizes the state of knowledge, including what are some unresolved questions. Yeah, and I think we should dive into that one. And, and uh, that, that'll, I think, again, that's the, the therapeutic where the little, the, some tears and that kind of stuff might come out. And I think, I think you know. Wait, what's, what's the therapy? Just, I just, you know, trying to like get her head around the, the failed 1516 event, which that, that actually, that paper does a really nice job of saying, what did we miss and what are we not thinking about? And I think you and I've talked about this over the years, but paying a little better attention to the actual pattern of the sea surface temperatures. and Right. And it's not this monolithic no. pattern that people- It's not even the way we treat it in the forecast, you know, which is monolithic, one analog, you know, right. if there's an El Nino, it'll be wet. And if there isn't, it'll be dry. Right. It's I not, mean, if you look at this, easy. if you look at the CPCs- Forecast for precipitation. Uh, I mean, it, the, the the pattern that they have painted on there, which is above and in, in the southern tier of of, of the U.S. And, and and below average and or in their lower tercile, I should say, yeah. in, in, in the Pacific Northwest, is like the canonical. Yeah. But it doesn't treat some, maybe the nuance of, of of what's going on in the in the sea surface temperatures right. in, in in the Pacific. And then we can maybe we'll take a look at the di- the discussions to see what what they're what they're trying to sort out of there. And I guess we shouldn't uh, since we're we're sort of leaning in October, it is still tropical storm season. And so like we're we're going to be done with this monsoon, but 
the East Pacific is busy. Um, we have had over the past couple of years, uh, tropical storms move up into Arizona. We ended up having an epic hail event um, out of an interaction with some tropical moisture and a approaching cold front across uh, in Safford a couple of years ago in the beginning of October that you know triggered a bunch of federal relief. So October typically is fairly boring. You know we're thinking about moving into the wintertime pattern, but it is you know the floods of record right. in Arizona are October, so we got to be a little bit vigilant. But you don't know those things until they're just about upon you. So that's right, you got it. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Happy birthday, Ned. Uh, see y'all later. All right, bye bye. The Southwest Climate Podcast is a production of CLIMAS, which is part of NOAA's Regional Integrated Science and Assessment Program and is housed at the University of Arizona Institute of the Environment. Mike Crimmins is a principal investigator with CLIMAS, a professor of soil, water, and environmental science in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, and climate extension specialist with the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension. Zach Guido is a research scientist with the Institute of the Environment and UA program manager of the International Research and Applications Program. The podcast is edited and produced by Ben McMahon, Research Outreach and Assessment Specialist with Clemus. Did you record that shrug? I have no idea. I mean, that's <laughs> an, it's more than a shrug. <laughs>